more than a regent or a mutant or a queen. She is a god. Storm, you're up. Oh, I'm so excited. We're finally doing the Storm episode, y'all. Can you believe it? It's taken, what, seven years to get to this point? I'm excited. I'm super excited. But we have to do the intro first. Welcome to Super Black. I am your host, Carl Waldron. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to hit that bell on YouTube and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting app or just subscribe on YouTube. Tell a friend. Tell many friends. Tell your mama. Tell your grandmama. We're talking about black superheroes and pop culture and all types of positive representation. Today, the Weather Queen is up on deck. She's at bat. She's got the bat in her hand. It's time to talk about Storm. Woo, let's do this. Oh, my God. I I just want to say that there is a reason why it's taken me seven years to do this episode. And... I'll, I'll tell you, I think I've said it in multiple episodes before, but Storm terrifies me. <laughs> she's, she's so huge. She's big. You know, I, I started this episode maybe, no lie, 10 times uh, over the years, just 10 different episodes. I've deleted every single one because I couldn't do Storm justice, you know? I think there, there are maybe three characters that I've done that with. There's Storm, there's Icon, which we still haven't done an episode about, and then there was Jon Stewart. Those are the three that I was like, I don't know how to do this episode. But I really, 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 really wanted to do Storm, and I really, really, really wanted to do her justice, but I realized I was putting a lot of pressure on myself for a fictional character. So I said, you know what? Screw it. We're doing it live. We're going to do Storm today. We had some time, the family's occupied, and I'm motivated. So here we are talking about the weather goddess, the queen of the X-Men, Aurora Monroe, a.k.a. Storm. Now, I didn't know where to start this episode. I was, you know, running through all of Storm's accolades, and there are many. And I figured I'd start it out. Right on Marvel.com. Marvel has a fantastic breakdown of Aurora Monroe, the psionic manipulator of weather. Uh, and I wanted to just give you the base stats that Marvel has depicted for Storm. And then I'll go into why I feel they're kind of weird and why Marvel's kind of scale of powers is, is just, I just don't get it. So Marvel has this with one, two, three, four, five, six level a sort of graph of how, you know, they rate powers. It's durability, energy, fighting skills, intelligence, speed, and strength. Now, these, I don't know where these come from, but I know that they were the basis for a lot of the stats on the Marvel cards, the old Marvel cards that I grew up collecting. So they kind of helped gauge how powerful a, a, a character was based on, like, the kind of like extreme cases like the watcher who's I, I believe all his stats were just off the charts and someone like galactus whose 
<laughs> you would you would think all his uh, things were off the charts, but they were some of them were a little shorter than you would think. And then you know lower tier mutants who had like ones and twos. I don't remember any of those. But here are Storm's uh, power level. So her durability is two. Her energy is five. Her fighting skills are four. Intelligence is two. Speed is three. And her strength is two. Now, I'll, I'll go over that one more time. Durability, two. Energy, five. Fighting skills, four. Intelligence, two. Speed, three. And strength, two. Storm is an Omega-level mutant. What does that mean? Omega-level mutants in the Marvel X-Men universe are the top spot. They're the kings and queens. They're the strongest mutants in the world. It's like Magneto. Uh, what's that kid? Uh, Reed Richards' son. I forget his name. Uh, Iceman. They're basically mutants who, who can, you know, conjure up an immense amount of power. Like Iceman is an Omega-level mutant because he can manipulate the moisture in the air. So he can, he has basically unlimited powers. As long as the air is moist, he can do something, right? He can turn himself into a giant ice golem. He can freeze an entire continent if he wanted to just by manipulating the air particles. Storm is on that level or even higher where she's capable of immense amount of uh, power manipulation. She can control the weather through some psionic abilities. Uh, they I, I'm not going to say they never explain it. I'm sure they do. I have not read every Storm comic or you know iteration of Storm. That would be crazy for me, who has the time. But I know that her powers are, quote-unquote, mutant-based. But also, she's um, a descendant of goddesses and, and priestesses and sorceresses and, and whatnot. So she has some inane magical abilities. So that allows her to control and manipulate the weather of not only our planet, but any planet she visits, like Mars. Or she can be in space and manipulate whatever... Uh, little atmosphere there may be floating around out there. She's done it in the past. Uh, she's able to regulate her body temperature in any uh, climate due to her powers, which makes her nigh indestructible. She can adapt to extreme heat, extreme cold. I think the only thing she can't do is adapt to space because there's no, there's no atmosphere in space. Uh, but she's also able to control air pressure which means she can crush literally anything by just increasing the air pressure around that thing. So to put it bluntly, Storm is a god. She is a god, which going back to her stats, it's a little reductive where you can say her durability is two. I assume that means her physical durability, where if you were like to hit her, like physically punch her, her durability will be a lot lower than someone else, let's say, like the juggernaut or something, obviously. But her energy manipulation or her energy output, which is why how I read that energy stat is five. Someone like, I think, Galactus or the Watcher or any cosmic being is past seven, I think. So if you range her power at five to be pretty high, I would say it's pretty low considering all the abilities she's capable of doing. Um, so the, the graph, the Marvel like scale of powers always uh, confounds me, especially in, when it comes to Storm and her just general 
crazy godlike abilities. You can see why I was nervous about doing this. Well, you can't because it's all ridiculous nonsense. But <laughs> but I love Storm. I think she's an incredible character. I'll, I'll give you an, uh, an example. I was walking through uh, a certain big box retailer on a figure hunt. I do weird figure hunts when I'm out with my family. And I found the there's a there's a line of x-men toys called x-men 97 or something yeah x-men 97 and it's they're re not reprints but they're like reimagining old x-men figures uh it has really great packaging the figures are awesome they come with like multiple hands or you know weapons or whatnot and they had a storm there and i was like i have to pick that up this happened yesterday i was like i have to pick that up i also picked up bishop who will be doing out who we, I will be doing an episode on Bishop soon. Um, but I picked up Storm and Bishop and I was like, this, it inspired me and I didn't even know it. I sat down today and I was like, I have to record an episode about Storm because she's incredible. And I, and damn it, if we don't have all the information, we're doing it live. Like I said, we're, go, we're going ham because it's a crime that a website or a, a property like Super Black doesn't have Storm prominently featured. I did an article about that famous line she said in the first X-Men movie, uh, do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? Same thing that happens to everyone else. Uh, which is, from what I've read, it is one of the worst lines in movie history, people say. And I don't believe that, all right? I don't think it is a terrible line. As a matter of fact, I quite like the line. <gasps> what? Because one, it was said by Storm, and two, what would you want her to say? How would you finish that line? How would you? What would you say to Toad before you struck him with lightning? Nothing? No, you have to say something quippy and quick. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't come up with anything that interesting. But uh, say, asking a Toad, you know, what would happen to him if he got struck by lightning is the same thing. Everything gets struck by lightning, same thing would happen. You die, dummy. <laughs> he got struck by lightning and he got tossed out. And I think that that scene is an iconic scene in comic book history because everyone remembers it and everyone's always talking about it. Regardless if it's in the negative, it's still there. I did read something that Josh Whedon wrote that line, which does sully it quite a bit. But I will give it to Halle Berry because she read it and uh, she did the best she could. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's out there. So go check out that... Um, that article on Super Black. Uh, I do write some alternate lines for it, but I don't remember what I said. But that's neither here nor there. So I did want to cover one funny thing that I read uh, that you have to kind of frame in the realm of, hey, it's all, you know, at the writer's behest. Uh, whoever writes a certain character, you know, has not carte blanche, but they, they do take liberties with their powers and kind of how things are. Uh, manipulated, right? So I read that someone said that Thor versus Storm was an unfair uh, matchup because Thor was not necessarily more powerful, but he had more control over things, whereas Storm was kind of a little more chaotic. I think that's how they, they read it. So in the, the mythos of X-Men, Storm is able to control the weather through some sort of psionic connection to um, 
you know, the weather and the climate and whatnot. Meaning, like, she can connect through it through her mind and kind of manipulate it that way, which is why she's called a mutant. But writers then wrote that she was the descendant of uh, goddesses and priestesses and magical beings who were capable of controlling, you know, the elements. So she has this sort of dual backstory where she's a mutant, but she's also like a magical person. The reason I bring up Thor is because they said, because Storm has a psionic connection to the weather or some sort of mental or, or, or mutant connection to the climate, she is almost, she has like rules attached to her powers where she can't do anything to the weather without having it cause something else. She has a cause and effect thing. So if she wanted to uh, cause a rainstorm somewhere, causing that rainstorm would remove moisture from another part of the world or some other town or whatever. Somewhere close by, she would have to pull in moisture from the atmosphere to cause that rainstorm. Whereas Thor, be being a fully magical being, could simply conjure up rain you know, or a thunderstorm above his head and not, you know, it would be, you know, disconnected from the, uh, the, the elements, right? It's just a magical storm just appeared. Now, it will have a cause and effect, but it won't necessarily manipulate the weather in one specific place. It's like, well, there's one rainstorm happening in this place. You know, it's going to have some sort of adverse effect to the, the weather. But storm is beholden to those rules. That being said... She's also a descendant of a god or, or goddesses and priestesses and stuff. So she has magical abilities, which kind of negates that whole theory. And that's why I said you had to walk into this uh, sort of conversation with the understanding that it's all magical nonsense. I say that about everything. I love it. I love these story elements and I love having these weird comic book debates about, you know, who would win in a, a weather fight, Storm or Thor. Uh, I... <laughs> Stan Lee, I think it was Stan Lee, who had a, they, they, there's a recording of him saying, I never understand why people have these debates of who would win in a fight. He said, you know who would win? Whoever the writer wants to win. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Because Storm was always written as a mutant. But every piece of her history stitched together builds her into a character that is transcendent of what an X-Men would be. Uh, in the Jonathan Hickman run nowadays, she is one of the, the council members or regents of Krakoa? Krakoa? I can't remember the uh, correct pronunciation of the um, of the planet. But she basically runs the mutant planet with, you know, along with like, I think it's Apocalypse, uh, Charles Xavier, uh, Magneto, all these Omega level mutants run the run the show and storm is one of if not the most powerful on the panel because she can use she can manipulate the weather and, and kind of do all the things i said you know uh, air pressure manipulation all that stuff as long as there is an atmosphere around her and if she is in a place there's probably atmosphere around her or else she wouldn't be able to survive so you can see why like storm's vast history and, and incredible amount of power has given me pause to talk about. I keep mentioning this that it's been a, you know, it was a, it's a huge thing, but it's a huge deal, man. I love freaking Storm. I was introduced to Storm in the X-Men cartoons. She was a prominent figure and 
the the central theme about this podcast is positive representation and, and kind of seeing yourself on screen or in on the pages of a comic book or you know whatever the case may be and storm was one of the first uh black superhero characters i saw on screen in the 90s uh which is a, a long time to for for me to see that sort of representation this you know strong black woman who is dealing out crazy damage there is a, a moment in i think the first episode of the x-men where she's at the mall with her um, rogue gambit they're all shopping or something doing normal stuff and the sentinels come to abduct jubilee i think and storm does this move where she she has her hands down and she lifts her hands slowly as this electricity runs up her body and removes her clothes and puts on her outfit it was one of the coolest moments on tv that i've ever seen i was like oh my god that lady's crazy so she just turned her clothes from one thing to another with electricity and then proceeded to whoop everyone's tail. Now, be that as it may, as strong and powerful as Storm is, as intimidating as she is, which we'll get to in a little bit, uh, they did saddle her with a strange power, a uh, strange weakness, which is uh, emotions. <laughs> Storm is, if, she, if Storm gets emotional, her powers go out of whack. Meaning if she shows any sort of uh, extreme emotion, and whether it be rage or sadness or whatnot, the weather will go bananas. Which is a, I don't know. If you, if you, if you think about it, which I won't get into too deep, but if you think about the, the fact that they saddled a woman with emotional problems <laughs> tied to her powers, I mean, it's a little, a little weird. You know? It's a little, a little weird. We, we won't have that discussion, but... You can have that discussion in the comments. Another one of her weaknesses is claustrophobia, which I thought was dope. Who doesn't hate being in incredibly tight spaces? The older I got, the more claustrophobic I did get. And uh, I understood Storm more and more. Going back to that cartoon, there was a moment, I don't remember the episode or anything, but I vividly remember her being smothered by rocks and her kind of powers going all haywire and then her passing out from being so afraid of being in a, a tight space and them having to, to rescue her. And I always thought that was a very visceral thing to show in a cartoon, especially if you're a person who doesn't like small spaces to watch Storm kind of freak out and, and, and get uh, you know, depowered, basically, uh, by just being surrounded was a, was a strong... <laughs> you know, the strong weakness. That being said, how often is she going to be, you know, compressed? They had to find ways to put her in a box, basically. <laughs> they would just stuff her in a box somewhere or put her, put like some metal walls around her and, and close it around her to kind of subdue her powers. On the grand scheme of weaknesses, they're not the, you know, most, let's say, debilitating. I, I, I mean, if you stuff her in a box, obviously it's going to be freaky, but half the time she's flying, so it's kind of hard to contain Storm. Um, to roll back just a little bit on the intimidation front, I've always had discussions with fellow nerds about who should play Storm, or better, who should have played Storm. People do not like the Halle Berry depiction of Storm. I'm fine with it. It could have been better. 
But everyone always says it was Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett should have played Storm in the the X-Men movies, and I tend to agree. Why? For the same reason I've been talking about this entire podcast, Storm is intimidating. And I don't know about you, but Angela Bassett is intimidating as hell. Go watch, uh, what is it, the, the second Black Panther movie and watch that woman just absolutely work the screen with her full head of white hair and tell me that's not an old Storm just running Wakanda. A little bit of trivia, Storm was queen of Wakanda. For quite a while. She was married to Black Panther. They ran uh, Wakanda together. And as with all stories, you know, it ended. So they got a divorce. But just the, it's not irony. It's something. The fact that everyone wanted uh, Angela Bassett to play Storm. And then she ends up playing Queen Ramonda of Wakanda. They gave her white hair. And they had her run the country in the second movie. Too many things lined up for that to happen for us to not be like that that's what an old storm would look like if her husband the black panther died and she had to run wakanda that's what storm would look like and it made me think back to the casting of halle berry and go man it would have been dope if angela bassett really did play storm um she would have commanded the hell out of that she would have been way here's here's the thing she would have been way too good for the first X-Men movie. The first X-Men movie is fantastic, guys. I love it. But having Angela Bassett there amongst all those other actors just acting the absolute hell out of that movie? Are you telling me they wouldn't then just focus the entire thing on Angela Bassett? It would not have been the Wolverine show. He would have taken a hard back seat and it would have been every subsequent X-Men movie would have just been Storm as the main character because Angela Bassett would have killed it. Whereas, all right, now I'm coming around to what I said before. Halle Berry didn't do great. (laughs) She didn't do an amazing job. She did a serviceable job. And I think she did a fantastic job in Days of Future Past where she got to reprise her role and kind of be an older version, a more powerful version of Storm. And they kind of give her a weird, not a weird send-off, but like maybe a fitting send-off. Like they do kill her off, but she dies in like protecting Xavier, whatever, whatever. She gets a send-off, right? And she gets to say goodbye to the character. And she did a a good job in that uh, movie. Which also highlighted another relationship that they wrote Storm into uh, in the comics, which was she was in love with Wolverine for a time and kind of the Days of Future Past storyline and sort of other uh, iterations where she had the Mohawk and her and Wolverine were not a biker team, but they were, you know, fairly close. Um... Just thinking about what those X-Men movies would have been with Angela Bassett, let me know in the comments. Do you think in, in this mythical other alternate reality where Angela Bassett played Storm in the original X-Men movies, do you think she would have taken Wolverine's spot as the main character? I think so. I want to hear what you think. Let me know in the comments. We'll do a short bit of trivia, and then we're going to get you guys out of here in a tight 20-something minute episode. So one thing that I found out um, in my research for this episode, which I've done extensively over like <laughs> however many years, is Storm was part of the Fantastic Four, which is an accolade that very few uh, other superheroes can tout. I think the other ones are Spider-Man and Wolverine. 
are the only other two official members of the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four's team that uh, Storm was part of happened during the, uh, I think it was the Civil War storyline where Reed Richards and Sue Storm uh, took a back seat and they wanted to work on their marriage and, and they didn't want to be a part of the Fantastic Four for a time. So they asked Storm and her then husband, uh, T'Challa, Black Panther, to fill in for them. So they had a, they just added a different married couple to the Fantastic Four. So there are comics where the Fantastic Four are Storm, Black Panther, Johnny Storm, and Thing. I need to go read those comics because that sounds like a dope team. So think about that. Storm has been all over. I believe she was in X Factor at one point. She's she's just an incredible character. She's a an amazing bit of representation uh, for little black girls everywhere. I love the character. I think she gets she gets quite a bit of shine. It's easy to say sometimes, you know, this character doesn't get a lot of accolades or shine. Storm is one of the most popular characters, not just black characters, but just characters in comic books ever, ever. And outside of, you know, certain storylines here or there, she's always been just a beacon of grace and, and regality and just general, utter, destructive power, which is, you know, an incredible feat for a black character in comics. Like I said at the start of this episode, there's no way to do Storm justice in a podcast, especially one by someone like me who, you know, just hasn't read every Storm comic. But I do think it's important to highlight such an important character in comics and pop culture. And the more we big up these awesome black and brown superheroes, uh, the better it'll be for kids, you know? I want my daughter to look at Storm and say, oh, she's, you know, a really cool character, you know? She's not a huge superhero fan, but she does see it, you know? I, I just want people to see it. And I want, I hope this episode helps someone else recognize the awesomeness that is Aurora Monroe, a.k.a. Storm. This has been Super Black. Thank you so much for listening. If there's anything you'd like this podcast to talk about, please let me know in the comments. Thank you so much for the support. Again, tell a friend, tell two about this epic podcast. Make sure to head over to super.black for more. I appreciate you. Full stop.